Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or any other place that you listen to us. And if you're enjoying it, please give us a five-star review. It always helps. And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, I, I can't help but notice that you sound a little more subdued right now. And as we mentioned in our last show, you got your first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine on Saturday. So I'm going to put two and two together and say that's why. Yes, I have a fever. Not feeling the greatest. But, hey, the show must go on. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're you're at least more on the mend than I think when uh, what was it last night and early this morning you were kind of saying not so good, right? Yeah, it's kind of. Fever's kind of hovering around 100, so okay. hopefully, hopefully it breaks by the morning. I hope so. Well, you know what? You're you're a trooper. You're, uh, you've are you got just about as much heart as uh, Calvin Cater. <laughs> Thank you. I feel right, like Maybe Cater. not. I feel like he feels today. Uh, can you, though? Well, my face doesn't hurt, but yeah. my body does. <laughs> that, I mean, what an amazing fight on Saturday. I mean, not so much, obviously, because of Cater. I mean, he was tough and all, but... I mean, he got punched in the face and his body and kicked in the leg. He got, he got hit 447 times by Max Holloway in 25 minutes. That uh, That's going to take a lot out of this kid. Uh, I I do worry about him. I honestly do. I don't I don't want to, you know, downplay that. It's it's those subconcussive blows, the ones that don't knock you out that those are the ones that cause problems and <sighs> Yeah, I mean, in light of the the amazing story by Steve Morocco uh, that chronicled what was going on or what has been going on with Spencer Fisher since his fight career ended, mm-hmm. uh, it definitely puts things in a new perspective, a renewed perspective for me watching this sport. Yeah, he ate like three fights worth of punches. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was when you're watching it, you get caught up in the moment and you're appreciating what Max is doing because, I mean, there's, you can't take anything away from Max Holler. He was absolutely incredible. Amazing. Dude. But, it, you know, with, with some reflection time, yeah, you, you got to worry about the guy. I hope he's I hope he's okay short-term. I hope he's okay long-term. I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed years from now if I read about all the issues that maybe he's having, God forbid, uh, in his post-fight career because we're all going to think about this fight. Yeah, these guys that tend to get in wars, they, you know, uh, this wasn't a war. This was well, where they where I they mean, where they take a, <laughs> kind of a massacre. Guys, where they take a beat and they're too tough for their own good. Yeah, I mean, even Dana was saying like he was starting to get a little unnerved. He wanted the fight stopped uh, earlier. Yeah, I mean, Cater obviously would have hated that. Of course he would have. Um, I mean, but I think it could have been fighter. stopped. He wants yeah. to go out on his shield, but I mean, there's there's kind of that culture of going out on your shield is like that's that's mm-hmm. the heroic thing to do. It's like yeah, but I mean, and, do you? Do you want to be there for your family later? <laughs> right. And, and you know, not going to say it's Herb, Herb Dean's fault because, I mean, the guy, Cater was fighting back. It could have been on the corner. You know, hey, you know we're not going to win this fight. I don't know but, uh, that I would actually put a whole lot on Herb Dean here. Like, could he have stopped it without me complaining? Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't sure. have given him any problems. Um, it, it, no, one, no one would say, oh, early stop it, Herb. Come on. Why, why are you yanking the hook early? <laughs> but... At the same time, I, I don't put a whole lot of, I guess, blame on him. I mean, blame is not really even the right word, but I don't think it was anything he did that was wrong. I mean, like right. you said, he's fighting back. Mm-hmm. 
it's there's no reason that I even watched round four, the one where Max landed 141 standing strikes. <laughs> Crazy, which number. is just intense. I mean, that's frightening. In five, that he minutes. was able to do that, uh, but in that round. As much as it was so lopsided that Max outlanded him by, I mean, it was at least 100 strikes. I I don't know that I would have looked at that and been like, yeah, that's a 10-7 round. I think it was just a very strong 10-8 round. It, it, if you want to talk about it being a 10, if, like, look, if someone had said, I'm watching a 10-7 here. One of the judges said, I'm watching a 10-7. I would have looked at it and be like, wow. And I got to have been like, I mean, I get it. You know, you, you can see it. But also, I don't know that I would have done that either. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a ten seven. I was still rooting for her to see a ten seven. I mean, I, God, I don't see so when you say you were rooting to see a ten seven. What you mean is that you were rooting for after the five minutes ended. You wanted to see a ten seven, not that you were sitting there Correct. saying, "Man, I hope Max beats the tar out of Calvin Cater Correct. to the point of getting a ten seven, but it Correct. doesn't get stopped." Right? I I, I scored it okay. a ten eight, but I. I we're just hoping to see it. I like seeing ten sevens on scorecards. No, that's fine. I I do too, uh, and I'm just making sure that that's what you're thinking is, right? So, of course, for other people, yeah, so yeah. That they understand you don't have a bloodlust, right? Of course, <laughs> <laughs> try to save you. <laughs> but you know, obviously, with that with that serious uh, talk in mind, I do really, I I just, I think we really have to appreciate Max here. Like best performance, like remember I asked you last week. What's the best performance you've seen in a title fight? I mean, this has to be the best performance in a non-title fight. As far as kind of a a one-sided showcase? Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Especially of a fight that went all five rounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, hard-pressed to think of one, especially with recency bias and all. This is crazy. It was was really, it was a crazy fight. (laughs) Um, And it turns out, because we had scores of 50-43 by two, and then also a 50-42, According to Michael Carroll, who's with UFC Stats, he tweeted this out uh, on Saturday. Calvin Cater became just the third fighter in UFC history to earn a 42-point scorecard in a five-round fight, joining Gil Castillo and David Loazzo, who was victimized twice. That's wild. It happened to you twice. That must stink. I mean, there's only, <laughs> according to, to Carroll, too, Cater is only the, uh, the eighth fighter to get 43-point card. Crazy. So that's how rare these things are at the UFC level. This is we're talking about UFC specifically. It really was just a historic beatdown. Just a phenomenal performance. And I kind of want to see Ortega get skipped right now. Yeah, I mean it's not going to happen. They're not going to change it unless somebody drops out, of course, but man, yeah, I, how do you look at that and say Max Holloway is not the best at 145 pounds, especially when you factor in Granted, now we're talking about a fight that I'm going to bring up a fight that's more than two years old, but we all remember what Max Holloway did to Brian Ortega, and it was kind of on the same level as Calvin Cater, except they stopped it before the fifth round. Yeah, that was so it almost would have been the same thing. And that fight actually did have a 10 7. And that, yes, it did. The, the fourth round got a 10 7 from Saldamano, one of the very rare 10 7s in the UFC. And it was after that round, which remember, Max said, I'm going to end it this round. And sure enough, he did. But yeah, I, I would love to see Max step in. I, you know, I don't wish injury upon either Alexander Volkanovsky, the champion, or on Ortega. But look, if something happens, one of them has to pull out for one reason or another. You know, wish them the best of health, and I sure hope that they can get Max to step in there if he feels comfortable and 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 go for it. Because I'd really like to see if Max maybe can bring this type of 
approach to a Volkanovski fight, especially. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'd probably be tough to bring it that kind of fight to Volkanovski. It's very awkward, as uh, Luke Thomas pointed out. Yeah, it's definitely a tough one. I don't. I don't know that it's necessarily a mindset or anything like that. I think it's just the way the style matches up. But hey, Max came close to winning the last one. I, having watched it over, you know, several times now, I do still think that it actually was the right call to let Volkanovski get the win. But hey, you know, I'm open to a a, a three cool. You know, I, I hate to call it, it's not really a rubber match because it's not one one. Right. Yeah. The, the third fight. <laughs> Yeah, the threequel. That's that's what we'll go with. I think that's fine. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on to uh, contested rounds because we do have some. We have one whole fight and one split decision. Both of these split decisions actually uh, that we've gonna we're gonna break down a couple of the rounds and how they were scored with uh, with some dissenting rounds here, right? Yeah. So let's jump right into the on the prelims, and these are all prelims fights that we're talking about here because everything on the main card was. Just about either agreeable or ended in the first round. Uh, but Ramazan Amiev picking up the split decision win, all 29-28s for your either man uh, over David Zavada. But even though it was all 29-28s, and of course it was split, nobody had the the same scorecard as one another. Every Everyone had a split round, one, two, and three. There was a split round. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's let's dive in. Round one, Dan, what did you see? I scored at 10-9 for Ameev. Uh, I thought it was a good round. I thought Ameev landed the heavier punches. Zawada had good offense in the clinch, and he had good leg kicks. I just thought Ameev was better. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I agreed with you. I went for Ameev here, 10-9. Uh, ben Cartledge and David Leatherby were the two judges in the majority on this one, too, just like you and I. Uh, Mike Bell was the minority judge here, the out judge. Uh, gave it 10-9 to Zavada. It's not a round that I couldn't see that way, but I, I thought Ameev kind of locked it up. Yeah, I, I'm with you. What about round two, Dan? Round two, I gave it 10-9 to Zavada. Uh, another close round. I thought both guys had good offense. Just Ameev didn't have the same impact that he had in this round. And I thought Zavada's light kicks were really solid uh, this round. It seemed to be taking a bit of a toll. Yeah, he came on uh, later, right? Yeah. That was kind of where I saw this fight. Mm-hmm. Is, is the second, kind of second half of the round, it was much more Zavada. Mm-hmm. I, so I agreed with you. I saw this for Zavada, too. I, I thought this was quite a close round, though. Um, closer than the first one. Yeah. Even uh, Mike Bell did go for Zavada here, just like you and I, along with uh, Ben Cartlidge. So they were the majority here, uh, with David Leatherby being the out for Amiev. Again, very close round. I'm I'm not surprised at all that any of the judges went for Amiev here. Okay. Yeah. I, I close round. What about round three? Round three, I went ten nine Amiev. I thought he I mean, landed. You kind of, if I recall, you seem to think that this was a round that. Was that you thought this was going to be the the kind of the split round, right? I did. I thought this was the round that was going to be the lone split. Yeah, obviously it didn't work out that way. No, but it, yeah. it did not. Um, yeah. So you saw for Amiev, just like the majority judges who gave Amiev the the victory. Of course, that was for uh, from Mike Bell and Ben Cartledge. Uh, Leatherby was the out judge here. I actually agreed with him to give okay. it to Zavada. This was a really close round, though. Yeah, you know, I th- I thought Ameev landed the harder strikes, and he- I thought he had the better strikes on the ground, although Zavada did pass them out. I didn't think he did much offense from there, and uh, I did think he I, had I good could understand leg kicks. That, sure. yeah. He had good leg kicks again in this round. Yeah, tough fight to score, uh, absolutely, and, and, you know, just the simple fact that it goes down as a split decision, even on its own, I, I think that's totally fair when you think about this fight, because it really was a fight that could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this 
I wouldn't have been mad if either guy got a fight. Uh, I got the win. No, and you didn't hear anybody complaining on uh, social media, which people like to do. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Uh, so yeah, this one. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't have a big problem with anything here. So let's move on to the other contested round that we really wanted to take up, and that was from the other split decision on the prelims. Carlos Felipe at heavyweight getting uh, the split nod, of course, over Justin Taffa. 29-28 for everybody. This was a really Round one fun. and two, nobody argued. Taffa got one. Felipe got two, right? Yeah, no argument there. Round three, this was close. And... Honestly, really great fight overall for a heavyweight fight. This was fantastic. I was I was pleasantly surprised how good this fight was. Absolutely. I mean, we were all I think we were all riveted the whole way. <laughs> Fun fight. But what did you see in the in the third round? Did you give it to Felipe? Because you know, as we know, split decision here. He got two out of the three. No, I, I ended up scoring it for Tafa. Uh, okay. It really could have went either way. It was a close round. I just thought Tafa landed the heavier shots and had good strikes in the clinch. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I, I saw this for Tafa as well. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to use the words like coin toss or could have gone for anybody. Because, like, when you do that, it's almost like you're just saying, I just picked one. And I don't like to say that. I really do try to put some thought into who I think should have won the round uh, based on the the action that took place. Uh, and that is what a judge, my understanding, is supposed to do, too. You don't flip a coin. You pick, you right, pick who you yeah. thought actually. You don't pick anybody you're assessing. Who did better in that round? Who was more effective? And yeah, I thought Tapva was slightly more effective in that round. Yeah, I'm, I'm which I, I my when I say it could go either way, it's more or less like the last fight would, you know, I, I wouldn't argue if someone oh, of course. scored yeah, it for no, Felipe. Yeah, no, I understand. It's, that was just me personally. I just kind of, I almost said, you know, a coin toss, but these are like just things people say and they don't really mm-hmm. think about, but I try to think about the words I use from time to time. Right. Yeah. I wish Tapva. and all. Tafa got away from the body kick. I mean, that was really effective for him in round it one. It was working really well in the first round, wasn't it? He probably should have stuck with that. Yeah. Who knows why? Maybe there was an injury. You never know. Maybe he just fell in love with his hands for one reason or another, you know? Yeah, could be. Hard to say. Uh, Felipe, though, he's got the better hands. I think I think when you talk about it's just hands only, Felipe is the one that I wouldn't really go with that. But once you mix everything up, I do think Tafa did have an advantage there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. But yeah, so that we both sided with the uh, the out judge here, the minority judge, and that was from Anders Olsen. Uh, it was the for, for Felipe. That was Lucas Bosaki and Paul Sutherland, uh, who I believe was making his Fight Island debut. Uh, you know, he, he obviously he works out of uh, England and in Europe. He's one of the top judges out that way. Uh, but yeah, I believe this is his first time at Fight Island. But yeah, I, I think I, I think I had to go with Olsen here. But again, super close. Yep, super close fight. So, so, and we're debuting a new uh, way to term when you and I side with the out judge. We're calling it the couch side override. Yep, that's awesome term. It's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> it's lame as heck, but we like it. <laughs> and, and, you know, that doesn't mean that they were wrong, obviously. But it's just, it, you know, we're just, we came up with something fun and we'll roll with it. All right. So when you hear couch side oh, yeah. override, just just go with it. <laughs> that was all for the contested rounds like you know the really close rounds that obviously were more vital to what happened or or more interesting 10-8 watch though we did have two 10-8 watches where there was dissent over whether it was a 10-8 or a 10-9 and the first one was in the holloway cater fight which is why you know you had 50 43 times two and 50 42 like i said round five 
that was the one where there was some disagreement here, Dan. What did you see? Did you see a 10-9 or a 10-A for Holloway? Originally, I saw a 10-9 for Holloway. I just rewatched it, and then I went 10-8. Why did you change your mind? Originally, I thought Cater fought back enough uh, to prevent it getting a 10-8, but rewatching it, none of his strikes really had any effect. No, I didn't think so. And, and honestly, for me, it wasn't just that there was you know some effect from those strikes, but it, for me, I'm watching it. I agreed. I, I also had this as a 10-8. I just saw uh, the volume that was going on. And and I don't want to say I fell in love with kind of the way Max was able to taunt and clown and look away and throw and land strikes, which was, I mean, in itself was absolutely breathtaking. Like you can't believe it. Although at this point he is fighting a heavily compromised opponent. Um, so take that yeah. in mind. But I did think that, I mean, he was able to get away with anything he wanted in there. There is something to be said for that. Uh, Cater was not punishing him in any way. And that's what you sort of look for when you're talking about how effective these strikes are. Yeah, for sure. He... So I it was I thought it was a much closer, even watching it live. I'm, uh, I said I gave three 10-8s. I gave the same ones as David Leatherby did. He also gave a 10-8 in this one. Uh, rounds two and four were the other unanimous 10-8s uh, in this fight. But I thought of those three, this definitely was the the one where I said, ah, I could kind of go either way. Yeah. It was a... But I, I... we both agreed that this was... A ten eight, just with the the outjudged David Leatherby, whereas uh, Mike Bell, the who we usually see pushing the ten eights, right? <laughs> <laughs> he he and Ben Cartledge were uh, a ten nine here again. No problem, very close, could have gone either way, but that goes down as another couchside override. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're such losers. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other ten eight uh, ten eight watch we round we have here was Austin Lingo getting the clear victory over Jacob Kilburn. Unanimous decision, 30-26 is twice, and a 30-27. Round one was that discrepancy round where it was the 10-8 or 10-9. Did you see a 10-8 as David Leatherby and Paul Sutherland did? No, I only was able to check off damage. Uh, He rocked him and dropped him, but I I struggled to find dominance or duration. I didn't think he got there either. Uh, I thought this was just a very, I thought it was a really solid 10-9. Just, you know, a a very clear, strong 10-9 that probably in our couchside judges system that we use in past judgment, I think that would be an easy 10-8. Yeah. But in that system, of course, a 10, uh, traditional 10-8 is a 10-7 in our system. So Mm -hmm. I feel really good about this just being a good old 10-9. Yeah, which. And so did Ben Cartledge. uh, So we saw it with him the out judge here so dan and scott give another couch side override handing them out like candy we should uh we should get like that the air horn thing <laughs> and do that every time we're not going to do that no one likes that we did have some quick lightning rounds too just uh, just a couple more uh split rounds nothing big nothing really impactful and it was both in both the women's bantamweight fights that were on this card vanessa Mello getting the unanimous nod over sarah morris 30 27 times two and a 29 28 it was that third round that was the one up for debate. And before we do, I should point out that when I watched live, I actually thought Morris won the first round, but the, the first round was just so low output. I don't even, I have zero issue with it going to mellow anyway on all three cards. Right. Uh, but round three, like I said, there was some disagreement there. Uh, this was a terrible fight, honestly, but what did you see? I thought Mello won this round 10-9. I thought her shots were more meaningful. I thought more Morris looked like she was just kind of sparring. I thought she landed effectively enough throughout, and I, I thought Mello kind of slowed down. So that was why I ended up going for Morris here. 
Um, I don't believe I was fooled by the the whole, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. <laughs> I, I don't think that tricked me in any way. I was painfully aware of that while I'm watching. I'm like, no, 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 that's not happening. Um, but yeah, I, I did go for Morris in this round. I sided with uh, with Olsen and Clemens Werner, uh, who were in this one, whereas you saw it the way as Bosaki. Yep. Fine. It had no bearing on the result anyway when, when it came down to it. So less less that needs to be said about that fight, the better. Moving on, though, to a much more impressive fight uh, at women's band and weight, though, was Jocelyn Edwards getting the unanimous nod, two 30-27s and a 29-28 over Wu Yanan. And I thought Edwards looked fantastic in her debut, by the way. Yeah, that solid debut for her. She really impressed me. I, I look forward to seeing her again. But mm-hmm. uh, in round three... After winning the first two rounds unanimously and impressively, what did you think of this one? This was the split. I thought it was a closer round. Uh, I thought uh, Wu finally started to pick up her uh, aggressiveness, I guess, for lack of a better term. She she was more in the fight at this point. The urgency. Yeah, that that's a better word. Uh, but I, I still thought Edwards landed better. gave it to her 10-9. And I disagreed with you. I thought Wu did enough to get the job done. I didn't think Edwards uh, was, was able to... Uh, inflict her will as much as as she'd really impressively been able to do both on the feet and on the ground. Uh, this this I thought was Wu's round, uh, and I saw it the same way as Ben Cartledge, who was the out judge. Okay. So you sided with Bosaki and Olsen. They were of course in the, in the majority there. No uh, no couch side override here. No, can give it there. <laughs> Sorry, fans. I, I know everybody already is talking about the couch side override. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're losers. Uh, but that was it for the, the, the rounds anyone disagreed upon. We have one unanimous fight to be to, to give a shout out to. There weren't a ton of fights on this one. There was there was a 10 fight uh, card on the whole three fights ended in the first round. We've already discussed just about everything else. But the co-main event, Carlos Condit got 30 27s across the board over Matt Brown. Uh, and the judges on that one were uh, Olsen, Sutherland, and Werner. But the one thing I do want to point out about that one is round one, Dan, as you recall, that was contested with Condit fighting off his back largely mm-hmm. and definitely won all three judges' cards for that round, which you know, I think there was a day where you wouldn't have necessarily seen that as much. But I think this has become much more uh, regular. The judges uh, definitely have agreement on what when they can give out a 10-9 to the person on the bottom, the one who's fighting more effectively. And it was nice to see uh, that unanimity there. Yeah, it's it's nice to see that. I mean, it's been years of the opposite way of thinking. And for whatever reason, some dude on Twitter responded to my card saying, how, like, basically, how could you possibly have given round one to Condit? I'm like, well, he was more effective. You know, It's like the guy was actually wanting to go back to the time where if you sat on top, you won the round. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah I love getting into Twitter battles. Um, I didn't even make it a battle. I was basically just trying to educate. Uh, well, that's always I don't, I don't, my goal. I don't believe in Twitter battles because it's stupid. Well, I, you know, I, I have I have two children and a wife and a mortgage. What am I doing getting in a Twitter battle? Oh, I don't have those things. So well, you shouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... No, I, but if you have I, fun with my, it, I mean, by all well, means. Well, I always have fun with <laughs> it, but too. my goal is always to try to get people to open their eyes a bit. Uh, yeah, and that was my thing, too. So. The, hilariously, though, the guy, somewhere near the end, he was saying during the, the Holloway fight, he's like, I bet you think Max is winning this fight, too. I'm like, yeah. Get out of town. Uh, yeah. He had to oh, be a troll. You haven't seen it? You oh, you got to go find the link. He's got to be a troll. <laughs> Dude, he sends me the, the rock gif 
when the rock's making fun of Farouk. When he's shaking his head and smiling and doing that. I'm like, what are you doing? I just kind of left it alone. I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And then someone else answered back like, you're an idiot. Yeah, you know, you know, with these people, most of the time it's they judge fights based on how they think the criteria should be instead of what the criteria actually is. They they often do. And so, that's why when I see that, I always try to say, you know, politely, I try to be as polite as I can say, you know, maybe you should look at the criteria and, and you know, read this over and, and, you know, hopefully that will help you understand it a little bit better. Uh, I don't know that you did or not, whatever. <laughs> I did my part. You can't change everyone's mind. So yeah, I don't try to for sure. But yeah, that was it. That was it for the judged rounds. Uh, then, of course, we had three finishes, like I mentioned, all first round, all TKO or KO, no subs. So now you don't get to pick a sub like you usually do. Which one of these strike-based finishes was your favorite, Dan? All right. Puna Soriano stops Dusko Todorovic with a left in the first round. I'm fulfilling the prophecy. I mentioned that he had a very powerful left, and you asked, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, sometimes it hurts you, and sometimes it puts you out. This <laughs> one just hurt Todorovic uh, plenty of times. It didn't quite put him out, yeah. But, I mean, the, everything that Soriano was landing in in this entire fight. Like, basically, if he connected, if you felt it at home. Oh, yeah. he The, the kid throws. He And I thought Todorovic would have better, uh, would be better on the technical side. That's why I thought he would win. But, hey, sometimes power just overcomes all, so... You know, I'm sure he and his camp will, will go back. They'll watch some tape and they'll they'll try to figure out the holes in the game that they can shore up. I'm sure Soriano's camp did the opposite. They they found the holes and they said, "All right, yeah. let's take advantage." Yeah. But uh, what's your finish? Oh, I had to go with the Italian coming off the uh, the losing streak, <laughs> Alessio Di Chirico, who who by the way he was so mad at the media at Dana White. He was mad at everybody. He You've was? never seen a fighter coming off of a, a two minute twelve second. First round head kick KO in spectacular fashion. Be so mad at everybody. <laughs> he was upset with John Anik. I find how do you can be mad at John Anik? I, I mean, look, I don't think he was mad at any one particular person. I think he was just mad at everybody. It was, I guess, it was the fact that they don't usually interview losing fighters in the cage, which oh. is true. But one thing that many people have pointed out, and correctly so, is that they're not really they they stopped trying to interview fighters coming off of. KOs. Right. You know, I, uh, I believe that was Joe Rogan who essentially started doing that a few years ago after Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stipe tapped. Alistair felt it. We watched that uh, together. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they did stop doing that because I, I don't think we need to get anything out of someone who's suffered uh, brain sure. trauma like that. It's not like we're going over and talking to Patrick Mahomes right after he stumbled. And, and no disrespect. I mean, they're not going to waste airtime on prelim fights for, you know, guys that aren't really that high on the pecking order yet on any fight i mean yeah. you know the co-main event losers don't typically get a whole lot of time right. either and you know i don't mean to call them losers but the guy who lost the fight the guy who lost the fight that's the way it is uh but but you know back to his performance though to kiriko uh, that head kick was just beautiful and it, it totally just put joaquin buckley out who of course was the ko king in 2020 yeah. with that amazing kick ko that he had he's got two brutal ko's on his resume now he Kevin Holland put him out, and now Alessio DiCirico put him out. There's no shame like, in being put out by Kevin Holland. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but... But, but yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's very much kill or be killed. It, it's always a KO in his fights, and, you know, he's still a young guy. He's still a young kid, young in the sport. He made a lot of money on bonuses last year. I hope he can continue to make a living doing that and bettering his family and bettering his <laughs> life. Uh, but, 
you know, hopefully he can do it in a way in which he avoids, you know, concussive blows. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for, for Fight Island uh, number seven, the one that was on ABC. We're moving on to looking ahead at Wednesday's card. We got a midweek card keeping us busy, right? And this one's it's actually airing early in the morning on Wednesday uh, on Eastern time. And I'll be at work, barring I'm still not sick. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I won't be able to watch live. I'll have to watch after when I get home, unfortunately. I'll watch parts of it, but I'll have to leave at some point to pick up my child from school. Yeah, but uh, what kind of, uh, what do you think of the main event? Oh, uh, Michael Chiesa and Neil Magny. I do like it. Um, I kind of, I had other ideas for both of these men, to be honest, but... Uh, the fact that they're put together, I think, is perfectly fine. Neil Magny has been on a total roll lately. Uh, he's just been so fantastic. Uh, and it's nice to see because I think people kind of derided a lot of his success that he's had at welterweight over the years. You know, he, he kind of, you know, he had a win streak that maybe was slightly inflated, but he also was fighting a lot of top guys ever since then. And I think he's done really well, acquitted himself well. Uh, and this is a good opponent, Michael Chiesa, coming off of that win last year over Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah, that was, that was at a weight class Dos Anjos really has no business being in. It, it's true, but I mean, there was a time where somehow Michael Chiesa was 155 pounds just That's like yeah. RDA. So <laughs> while Chiesa has certainly filled out into the 170-pound fighter that he is, you know, fortunately not making a giant weight cut anymore, they're not that much apart. You'd say, oh, this is crazy. I don't know. Chiesa's like... I think he's 205 in the booth. That guy's huge. I mean, he could be. He, actually, he's always had a big frame. Even when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, I remember he had this very big frame. Tall, lanky guy. Good size on him. But what do you I, think of the fight? Who I'm, do you think wins? It's gonna be. I think it's going to be a grueling fight. So Who you think going think? the distance? I think it goes the distance. I'm going to lean Chiesa uh, decision. I mean, I, Magny's very good. So I don't I'm going to go in the opposite direction in just about every way. And I'm going to say Neil Magny by submission. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sub, sub not that Michael Chiesa is, is un, not well versed on the ground or anything like that but I, I can think of plenty of examples of Chiesa losing by sub uh, Magny is I, he's pretty well rounded he can do just about everything uh, yeah that's true I mean he's really turned a corner since Ponzinibbio smashed him like, yes. he just beat the crap out of him in that fight uh, and he's really turned a corner since then uh, Ponzinibbio of course who also got smashed uh, on Saturday yeah. that was the only fight we didn't even mention uh, got got just blitzed by the leech Li Jing Liang. Yeah, and on somewhat short notice too. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, impressive. But yeah, obviously that was that was tough for Ponzinibbio coming off of a, a two and a half year layoff or something. Yeah, had a, some kind of bone disease or staph infection or something. Well, hopefully he can bounce back after this one, and you know, at least now he's got something under his belt. Right. But what? Uh, who can we expect? Oh, the judges. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's probably going to be most of the same. You know, it was this was a very European heavy uh, lineup of judges that we had. Uh, we we did have one American judge in Mike Bell fly out, but I do expect more judges to be coming from North America later in the week. It could be for this fight. It could be only for uh, the pay-per-view UFC 257 at the end of the week. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see who's who's coming in from the States. Um, but I mean, yeah. either way, I, I yeah. thought the judges, they did you know, fine. obviously a lot of yeah. them weren't necessarily in step. We did have a bunch of dissenting rounds, but I didn't think anybody turned in a scorecard that you'd even look at and be like, really? Not yeah. at all. Yeah. No one, no one scored any rounds for Calvin Cater. So I want to see more Clemens Werner though. <laughs> I, I wanted to see him get a main event uh, assignment. All right. Possible. We'll see. Hope so. Uh, any fights other than the main event you're looking forward to? 
I like the co-main event. The one um, more for Munir Lazez okay. than for Warley Alves, who's coming off of a couple losses. But Lazez looked really good at Fight Island uh, over the summer when he beat uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Okay. I like his kickboxing game. I want to see it again. It's pretty electric. Yeah, that should be that should be pretty fun. And Worley Alves does have some big wins under his belt. So he has not been the same, honestly, since the the biggest win of his career was Colby Covington. Before Covington was even you know the the fighter he is now, mm. about five and a half years ago, he he tapped out Covington. But yeah, yeah he's that only was a long time ago. Then it was a long time ago. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what he really is. Uh, I, I I look at this as not not necessarily a showcase fight for Lizez, but I do think Lizez is going to look really good. And I think he's going to impress more uh, of just a, as he did last time. More of a this fight is going to bump you up a notch type type fight. I think it's kind of a remind everybody who he is, or, or okay. maybe expose him to a different you know fan, the the type of fan who is available to watch fights at you know ten o'clock a.m. Eastern time on a Wednesday. I really hope that was me. <laughs> What about you? It must be something you want to see too. Yeah, I want to see Tyson Nam versus Matt Schnell flyweight bout. Me too. I like Tyson Nam. Uh, we mentioned in past shows how you know he's really been a- unable to really put together a streak of wins, but he does have some like impressive wins. Right. As, as Ledger, it's it's a weird. He's had a strange career. He's had some really excellent highs, but then a bunch of things that just sidetrack him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if he can if he can put it all together against an, a very good opponent in Matt Schnell, who years ago was on an MTV show, and I was like, who is this scrub? Like, What show? <laughs> Caged, I think it was called. It was an MTV reality show about Louisiana fighters, amateur fighters. Okay. And I was like, man, th- it was it was so weird. It Like, guys were training in their backyard and stuff. It was, and I was like, this this show is just kind of a slap in the face to MMA, but what, whatever. That sounds like MTV. But uh, Matt Schnell, uh, he actually became a UFC fighter, and he's ranked, so... He's, he has put together a solid little career at, uh, at flyweight here, and obviously there's still not a ton of flyweights. They're, they're still continuing to fill out the, that division. Actually, one name that they're adding this weekend who I just want to point out, too, is the brother of the champ at flyweight, Francisco Figueredo. Is he also a flyweight? He is. Wow, okay. He's fighting Jerome Rivera. I, I honestly didn't get the chance to do much research into Rivera. I can tell you that uh, this Figueredo, though, he he's a former jungle uh, fight champion so he's coming in you know he's a he came on that's a decent respected uh south american uh promotion so yeah actually rivera was just knocked out by tyson nam in his last fight oh that's right yes he won the first round in that one if i recall uh mostly i i, I don't remember but possibly i think he did and then nam just came out and blitzed him yeah 34 seconds to the second round yeah it sounds right I mean, and actually this figueredo he's not the only relative of a current ufc champion Who's fighting on this card? There's also Umar Nurmagomedov fighting a bantamweight against Sergey Morozov. And who's hopefully he... I got that one right. Is that a is that Khabib's brother or cousin? It's his cousin. I don't I don't believe he has a brother. If he does, it's not a, a known fighter. He's got a few cousins that are Nurmagomedovs that fight. Okay. I, I think of Abu Bakar. Okay. Who I believe is with uh, PFL. Yeah. And speaking of Khabib, real quick, I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. I love that he said, "You know what? Make me want to come back. Impress me." Otherwise, I'm done. I mean, in a sense, I like that too. But also, the the whole announcement thing was was so overblown. I mean, this was <laughs> <laughs> this was the dumbest thing ever. It really, because yeah. Chuck Mendenhall, the the great Chuck Mendenhall, uh, a columnist formerly of uh, MMA Fighting and the Athletic, 
he tweets out before I bet it's a maybe. And then sure enough, he's like, I was right. I'm like, yes, you were, Chuck. It's it's so crazy. Why would they do it if it wasn't why just did they do it? I'll tell you why Dana does it is because he wants to get everybody to pay attention and, and make him the star, and that's what it is. That's right, but a, a maybe though, it's like there was no definitive answer. Like if if it was a yes, like of course, all right, now we're we have something Khabib's coming back. The thing I loved about it though was that <laughs> like this is this is the part that me where I'm like, come on, Dana. Was before the this meeting, he's like, I'm going in, it's gonna be five minutes, and it's gonna be yes or no. And he got a freaky <laughs> maybe, and he's like, All right, I can work with that. <laughs> well, you know, he's very he's a guy that thinks he can always sway a maybe into a yes. I mean, of course. So he, he is, probably but... thinks that maybe he's more leaning yes. That's what I'm thinking. What I loved all the uh, the the uh, Dumb and Dumber memes coming out here. So you're saying there's a chance? Because <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like. Although, I mean, honestly, if if Khabib really is allowing for the possibility and he's not holding firm, I would have to expect that he'll come back. If that's what he wants to do, that's fine. I mean, the guy can do what he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I just don't want. He's to... obviously in his athletic prime still. He just destroyed. Justin Gaethje, you know, that was a fight that everybody thought maybe would be close. And it really, I mean, it was sort of close, but then it really wasn't. Right. And I think I'm in the, in the minority here where I don't want his 30th fight to be a rematch. I'd rather it be someone like Oliveira. Oh God. I mean, seriously, I'll take it against literally anybody except Conor McGregor. Look, if Conor wins, if he beats Poirier and he looks fantastic, I mean, at least I'll get it. Yeah, I'll understand why they do it. But yeah, I would like to see a new opponent in Oliveira because I don't I don't necessarily look at Connor and say this is still the next best UFC lightweight on the roster. Mm -hmm. And that's all we've got for this one. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Uh, We'll be back again on Friday to go over the Wednesday card. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be live scoring it. I'll have to watch afterwards because the fight is starting at 9 a.m. and people have to work. I'll live score a few of them, but, you know, I've got kids that I hang out with <laughs> and, and that I pick up from school, so we'll deal. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. I know you look forward to my school. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. <laughs>